welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast hosted by Lisa Battaglia. You are joining a community of elevated empaths who embrace their duality, honor their empathic superpowers, and live consistently from their authentic soul. The Elevated Podcast tackles conversations around empathy, energy work, sexual energy, manifestation, and social and cultural insights. Thank you for tuning in to the Elevated Podcast and taking the time to nourish your roots and elevate your soul. Let's get into it. (sighs) Okay. Hello, Elevation Nation. Welcome or welcome back. This is the Elevated Podcast. I am your host, Lisa. I am so glad that you're here and taking the time to nourish your roots and elevate your soul. And, uh, you know... We got some things on the docket for you today. We're going to discuss a few things on my mind, a few things going on in my life, maybe things that are going on in the world. I don't know. Um, Before we get into all of that, you know that I have one-on-one empath coaching sessions open right now, as well as Akashic Records readings and animal communication readings. You can learn about all of these offerings and what they entail, and you can book them in the links below. They are for you to learn more about your soul, your animal, your life path, your past lives, everything. And the Akashic Records especially are a tool to connect with all of the spirits that are guiding you on this life. The link will be below to do all of your booking and to connect with me in that way. Um... Another thing is I just actually released these playlists that you can listen to at each phase of your menstrual cycle. So I made a playlist for when you're on your period, I made a playlist for when you're ovulating, and I made a playlist for the follicular and luteal phases as well, which is so exciting. I was like, I was driving and listening to music and I was like, gosh, I really don't want to listen to this song when I'm on my period. It's just like too intense. And so I was like, what if I made playlists for like each phase of the menstrual cycle? So they each have their own theme and vibe and uh, feeling. So I'm going to be adding more to them as time goes on, obviously, but I was just like way too excited. So I wanted to share them all with you. So the link is actually in um, the link in my bio on Instagram or TikTok if you want to find them and listen to them. They're really fun. I'm like really bearing my soul by sharing my Spotify with you guys, but it's okay. I have good music taste. I'm I'm fine with it. (laughs) So let's talk about some things on my mind lately um, before we get into the title of this episode. The first thing that's been coming up a lot lately is the sense of ownership and autonomy equaling power. And let me explain. I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. But you know when you have a project and instead of asking anyone to help you, you do it yourself and you feel so accomplished because you've done everything yourself from start to finish. Not to say that it's not good to ask for help once in a while, but there is such an empowering feeling to know that you did something all on your own or you got through a hard time on your own, or you got through just like a a rough day on your own with yourself. And there's so much power within that. 
When we find ownership and autonomy in our energy, in a project, in a relationship, in anything in our lives, we're so much more powerful because we handle it ourselves and we know that we can handle it again. It's a way of creating trust in ourselves to be able to do it again. And it creates so much empowerment to be able to do that. And uh, you can kind of trust yourself and the universe to be like, I've done this before, I can do it again. When we claim ownership of our lives, we get out of the victimhood as well. So that's an issue that a lot of people talk about is the sense of like the world is happening to me and I can't get out of it. But when we take ownership over what's going on and take action in accordance with that ownership, we feel so much more empowered because we are taking control again. We're not letting the outside world dictate how we feel about something. And that's especially true for empathic people. Empathic souls take on the energies and thoughts and opinions and perspectives of the other of other people in the world around them all the time without even thinking about it they're absorbing it and acting as if that energy is their own so when we're used to living our lives in the energies of other people we don't necessarily know what's our ener- our own personal energy anymore so when we can reclaim our space and there are meditations that you can do or you can just like imagine yourself simply saying, this is my space, everyone get the fuck out. (laughs) And I've been doing that lately. And it honestly, like it helps because it's a quick way to just be like, oh, yeah, wait, I, I, I claim this space, like this body is mine, this energy is mine. Everyone needs to get out. I have no, like, I have no time, no energy to deal with this. And we can get out of this victimhood that the world is happening to us, not for us. Another thing that we talked a little bit ago about is the sense of we should be striving for resiliency and not necessarily happiness. And I talked about this video that I watched on YouTube a few weeks ago about how when we strive for happiness, we're so much less likely to be happy because we're always finding ways that we're not happy or we're not there yet. When we keep striving for happiness, I am definitely guilty of this. But when we strive for resiliency, that is where we build our power and our happiness because we realize that if we can get through something, especially on our own with this autonomy that we have, we can do it again. And we know that if another rough patch comes in our lives, we will be okay because we have gotten through it before. So the resiliency of something bad happens or we're in pain or emotional pain but we know that we can get through it because we're strong. That creates so much more peace and ease through those moments. So for example, this whole thing kind of came up in um, physical therapy for me. I talk about physical therapy all the time, but it's been great. But I was talking to my physical therapist about He was saying that the reason why exercise is so good for you is not necessarily like what happens to your body, but the fact that you you can tolerate pain or discomfort for longer periods of time or a higher pain tolerance because when you are exercising you're uncomfortable but you can like push past those uncomfortable moments the more and more that you exercise meditation is the same thing but for the mind 
if you can push past those uncomfortable moments of like wanting to get up or those anxious moments where you like, I want to get up, I don't want to meditate anymore. And you just move through them. And then you get to that place of ease and peace and surrender and trust in that meditation. It helps us understand that there will always be harder moments and there will, there will always be the tougher moments in life. Because I think what happens when you're striving for happiness is that you think that that means that nothing will ever be hard again, or you'll always be happy. You'll never be sad. You'll never be mad. That's not what the human was meant to experience. The human was meant to experience every corner of human emotion and it doesn't mean that when we get to this enlightenment, that means that we're always going to be happy. It just means that we will be able to sit through the discomfort a little bit easier and with a little bit more peace. So I wanted to talk about that sense of resiliency because I think that's what we should strive for instead of happiness. Not to say that happiness doesn't later come from the resiliency because it does. But when we're striving for happiness, I don't think we're quite seeing the right way to approach it. So there was something else that was really interesting. This concept of creating something out of nothing. Now, I was discussing something with my client in our session. We were talking about this concept that spirituality or manifestation has kind of taught us of believe it before you see it. When usually like we want to see something and then we will believe it. That's how we lived our lives up until this point. We see something and then we're like, okay, now I believe it. But part of manifestation, so they say, is believing in something before you see the evidence of it, because that's how you manifest the physical example of that. So we were talking about this in the context of dating. How can I believe that there is this man out there that is so amazing, so kind, so funny, hot, sexy, all the things? How can I believe that that perfect ideal man exists if I've never seen an example of that? And I've only seen examples of trash men. We talked about this last episode that we need to stop saying that men are trash. Well, how do I get into this belief that men can be the opposite of trash, that men can actually be great? So we were talking about this in the context of dating. And I had a really interesting and really powerful meditation that explained this. It was so fascinating because I saw this with my own eyes and my meditation with my own consciousness. So I do this quantum leap meditation that's on YouTube and I do it like mostly every morning now and it has you connect with the quantum field. So any meditation that has you contact the quantum field, you are in this space of absolute nothingness. You just, it's just black or white. I like to see it as all white. It's just nothingness. You are no one you have nothing. It's the space of nothingness. It's just your consciousness. Stay with me now. So when you're in the quantum field, it's all nothing, but you can create anything and everything from this space. This is the field that we've known of 
our entire soul's journey. And every time we go in and out of bodies, we're connecting to this quantum field. When we die or when we're rebirthed, we're in the quantum field. And so then we create a life and go jump into that new life. If this is what you believe, what happens, you are stepping into this new reality, but you're creating so much abundance and so much everything. And like this space of abundance, like the, the abundance of the universe out of nothing. So you're in the quantum field and you step into this concept of abundance and everything. So you're creating anything and everything from nothing. Stay with me now. So when we can jump into the quantum field and step into a new reality that has everything we ever want, we are creating anything and everything from nothing. And that is our natural manifestation process, which is why people say believe in something before you see it. But I want you to see it as I am capable of creating anything and everything because that is my natural state out of nothing. So even if you haven't seen any proof that something that you want out there exists, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And it's so interesting how we get to a certain place in our lives. Let's say I'm going to use the dating. I'm going to stick with the dating example. Let's say I hit 28 years old, which I am right now, and I never, ever, ever for the rest of my life ever see an example of a great man. That would be ridiculous. (laughs) That would be absurd. Or let's say it's your career. Let's say you're at 28 and you just never, ever see an example of a career that you want ever again. It's just not realistic. That's not how we progress in life. And that's why we keep desiring more as we get older, because that is our birthright. That's our natural state to desire more, to manifest more, to see more, to see even better than we could possibly dream of. It only gets better as time goes on. The men or women that you date, it only gets better as you go on. The relationships that you have, they only get better. The careers that you have, they only get better. So what, why do you think that it's only going to stay the way that it is? Why do you think that you're limited by this concept that it has to be the way that it is or the way that it's been up until this point? So I want you to just kind of reflect on that one. Ask yourself why you think you, your beliefs are capped up at this point. Because We're always creating something out of nothing. That's always what we're doing. We just don't really realize it. Have you ever like been with, uh, I'm going to stick with the dating example. I was thinking about when I was 22 and thinking these guys were the greatest thing that I had ever seen or experienced in my life. And turns out I am meeting really incredible guys at 28, but way better than what I was meeting at 22. Believe me. So it's like, I can't even imagine. I'm so excited to to meet all of the people that I'm going to meet from now on because they're only getting better. And so I and I trust that they're only getting better because I'm also like evolving and growing. So everything is going to match up to where I am. 
Speaking of creating something out of nothing, let's get into the title of today's podcast, shall we? You all are like, that is what we came here for. What is going on, Lisa? Let me tell you. Okay. So speaking of creating something out of nothing, if you're new here or if you forgot, if you haven't heard me talk about it in a while, in 2019, I was supposed to go to law school. Now, I mean, I was really supposed to go to law school. Like I was fully enrolled. I went to orientation. I got all the way until 9 p.m. before classes were going to start. And I was like, I'm dropping out. (laughs) And I emailed them like, I'm not going to (laughs) come. And that time was some of it was just like the time it was horrible i was depressed i was borderline suicidal like i didn't think that i had purpose anymore i was really confused about what i was supposed to be doing mostly because a lot of my identity was tied to this concept of going to law school and becoming a lawyer a lot of my identity was tied to that more than i think i realized and At the time, everything about it felt wrong. I was coming off of my experience working in law enforcement, so my mental state was not good to start with. I was in a relationship that I was unhappy with. I I wasn't satisfied in my friendships or just like anything else in my life, and that's not to blame the external circumstances at all. I just don't think I realized how all of these things were kind of fitting together. I was not ready to go to law school. I was not ready in any sense of the word. I hadn't even done my homework. (laughs) I hadn't done any of the reading. I don't know how I expected to go on the first day without doing any of that. But I also just felt in my gut that something wasn't right. I couldn't pinpoint it. But to be able to say, I'm going to throw, I'm going to literally throw away thousands and thousands of dollars and my entire life's path because of my gut really didn't make any sense. But I was so distraught for months about going to law school. And if you knew me at that time, you knew that I was like constantly talking to people about it, trying to get validation that I shouldn't go. And whenever I do that, it's like I am talking it to death with anyone that will listen because I want someone to tell me to not do it. And it's it's just the strangest thing. I know this about myself now. So I'm like, I try to stop myself before I do that to know that like, it's absolutely not right if I'm doing that. But it, it was like, I, I didn't feel like I could trust my gut to not go, but I was going to orientation. I was like, when it was done, I like ran home. Like I needed to get out of there. I was nervous at any turn everything about it was wrong. I didn't even really like make friends. Like I wasn't intending to connect with anyone. I talked to professors, like everything just felt so weird and off. But I listened to my gut, despite all of the evidence that should have said otherwise, I listened to my gut and said, I can't do this. I literally can't devote my entire next three years of my life with 
like you can't go to law. You can't just go to law school if you don't really want to be there. So I was like, I can't do this. So then after that, I started this business. I took on another job that sucked, but whatever. It got paid the bills, whatever. I started this business and started this podcast. And it was such an incredible three years of my life. Like how cool to be able to say that I started my business and so many other things happened because I didn't go to law school. And I won't even list them now because it would be such a long list. And then COVID happened. I can't even imagine going to law school during COVID. And if you did, bless you. I just like don't know how I would have done it. My mom likes to say, (laughs) and then like, it's a joke, but it's not at all funny, but it's like very true. She's like, I don't think you would be alive. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think I would be either if I had gone through with it. But I was a mess. I didn't know how the law was going to fit into my life. I still felt very passionate about it, but like the whole concept of going to law school for three years, taking the bar and becoming a lawyer did not feel like my path, but it's still very interesting stuff to me. And so I was really lost and confused. Like, what the fuck do I do? That's how I got into all that's after, after that whole law school experience was when I booked my first reading with Cindy was when I booked my first coach, Amanda, which they've been on the podcast a long time ago. But that's when I started really getting, that was when I had my first spiritual awakening. And I found that three years later, (laughs) the itch is still there, but like, I don't want to become a lawyer and do law school. I started through this whole journey that you've been listening to me talk about, about um, trying to find a job and kind of figuring out what I want to do right now in a cor- in alignment with this podcast and my, my business. I know that I want more from my career and the legal itch is still there. So I started looking at masters in public policy and business and public administration all over the country. And I was looking, 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 and I, I still found this like itch to legal curiosity, but I didn't want to go to law school. And I found this one program. I was like looking at this one program online and I was like, and it literally says four people who want to learn about the law and think like a lawyer without going to law school and becoming a lawyer. And I was like, wow. That's pretty interesting. And they have a, like a whole, what's it called? Subsection of classes that's devoted to what I want to learn about. That's very specific that not a lot of other schools had. So I was looking at this program. I was like, how interesting. A few days later, the dean of this program reaches out to me. I didn't like put my email on anything. I was just like browsing online. So it really was very random. And I was like, how interesting. So within a few weeks, I've applied, sent in my application, like wrote all the essays, asked my letter of recommendation, got my letter letters of recommendation, submitted it, got accepted, enrolled. I'm going back to school within a few weeks. And... <laughs> What a time. 
so I'm going to go get a legal education, which is funny. Like I started talking to, you know, my, my one friend who goes, just finished law school and I started talking to her about this and she was like, well, you're going to go. And I was like, ah, and she was like, you just need to do it. She's like, everyone's like so tired of me talking about this. (laughs) So What's so interesting, though, and I, I the reason I kind of waited until now to talk about it was because I had this day where you like kind of meet people from the program and get a tour and like all those things, you know, pre-orientation situation. And it feels like night and day from three years ago. It is insane. I feel so aligned, so on my path. I The people are so interesting and cool. I feel exactly where I'm supposed to be. None of it, it's like still learning about the law, but it's not something that is so, creates so much anxiety for me. Like, I feel really excited to take on this new chapter and I feel exactly where I should be. And I I got emotional because I was thinking about how lost and confused 2019 that year was for me. And to know that in, at least in this realm of my life, three years later, I found something that actually fits my, my desires even more perfectly than I thought, than I ever thought. So there were absolutely fears that came up. I know that's your question. There are absolutely fears of like, is the same thing going to happen? Am I just going to like freak out by the by the anxiety and like ditch it again? Am I going to, you know, what like whatever? Is this going to happen again? And what if? What if it sucks? What if the people suck? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And those fears definitely came up when I was sending in that enrollment deposit. But I also needed to follow what felt like the right answer and allow myself to go to the what ifs in the positive. What if it turns out great? What if I meet really interesting, cool people? What if everything, like what if this is my path and what if this is exactly where I'm supposed to be? And just by allowing myself to do that, guess what? All those things happened and came true. And what if I just let myself really get excited about it? What if I just let myself surrender to it and get really excited and share that excitement with other people? And that surrender has been so helpful. And it's the same, this has come up um, in dating kind of, like, what if you just like let yourself be vulnerable What if you let yourself get excited over this person? What if you just like let yourself be how and feel how you want to feel instead of being like, I shouldn't feel this way or like I shouldn't get excited about it. Like what if something happens to it? What if I lose it? And the more that you live in the fear of losing something, the more that you're staying in that place, the fear is keeping you there. So we'll come back to that. But speaking of fear, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. 
Friday was a very interesting day to start my legal education. <laughs> right? Like, very interesting day. Um, you know, we don't, I don't, I keep my beliefs and my, my direct thoughts to myself. Um, and I keep that private. But I, I do want to talk about the concept of education because it seems to be a very sticky point, especially in regards to this. And I want to talk about the combination of fear and the lack of education because those two things combined allows people to be manipulated by media and politics the most. And I'll try to stay away from this particular topic as much as possible, but I did want to talk about this concept of fear and lack of education Um, because it's where we have the biggest issues, especially when it came to COVID, like the fear and the lack of education, lack of education or lack of information, because there wasn't a whole lot of information that we could trust out there. So there was just like fear and we didn't know what was going on. And those things really, we rely on things that might not necessarily be good for us, either mentally or physically. So I'm going to give you an example. Birth control. A really great tool, that a really great medical advancement that we created. So empowering, really great thing. But we have been taught by our sex education system that we could get pregnant at any time by any method, by a man just like looking at us. Like, we should fear pregnancy. We saw in Mean Girls, you'll get pregnant and die. Like, we are taught to fear getting pregnant at all times. Therefore, we should take birth control so we don't have to worry about it and we can be empowered. Fear plus lack of education about what's actually happening in our bodies led to birth control. And now we're finding that birth control and taking a synthetic hormone every single day actually isn't really good for our bodies. Okay, obviously, it actually suppresses our power. And we've talked about this in terms of the energetic standpoint. If we are suppressing our natural menstrual cycle, because we're not ovulating when we take birth control, like hormonal synthetic birth control pills, we're suppressing our cycle and suppressing our power and our connection to our bodies and our creativity when we suppress our ovulation the the energy around ovulation means the energy to create to ideate to make something new if you're not creating a baby but when we suppress that cycle we are suppressing our power our ability to create ideate connect to our bodies because we're not having a period anymore So we're very disconnected with what our bodies should be doing. And definitely more emotional. When I was on birth control, I was a mess. And we're not in tune with our authentic power and our authentic, how our bodies should be working naturally. So we become very uneducated about what's actually happening. So fear plus lack of education is coming up again now. So let's all take a damn breath and educate ourselves and then take reasonable action about how you can go advocate for what you believe. Anything that you believe, 
let's take a deep breath and educate ourselves. Not on Instagram, but in your community. So please go back to the recent episode about how to create the change you want to see in the world and in your life. That episode's great. You can learn about all the different things that you can do to create change instead of posting about it on social media. Also, just take a break from social media. Just take a break. Take a breath. Take it easy. <laughs> and take a break from social media. You know you know that point when it's not helping you anymore and just creating more anger, fear, resentment, all these things. You cannot take a action from a place of burnout because social media is burning us out. We are so tied to our phones in this way to like, we're so tied to our phones instead of going out and like living in the world. So we think that if we post on social media, we're creating change because social media becomes our world, but that's not our world. The outside world is our world. So we need to go out there and if we want to take action, if we want to create change, going out and doing that because and taking advantage of all of the things that we have in our country, the ability to be able to write to our elected officials, whatever it is, we have the ability to do this. It's not on social media. As far as educating ourselves and reducing the fear, I think the more that we educate ourselves, the less fearful we are. So for me, instead of posting about it on social media and reading other people's posts, I sat my ass down and started reading the opinion itself. There are 213 pages explaining why this has happened. No matter what you believe, it is a great resource. If you have a phone to post on social media, you can find the whole opinion and read it. It's not hard to read. It is very fascinating, no matter what. Like all of them, all of the opinions that you can read on this topic are so fascinating. And it's interesting to see how both sides argue this legal issue that no one has been able to come up with a solution that satisfies everyone's desires. So it's a really fascinating thing to read about and educate yourself on instead of just taking sound bites from news sources and social media posts and all these things that are taking the things that they like and don't like and commenting on them, but not addressing the entire thing. And I've always found that the more that I can read about the other side and my side and everything in between, the more that I can read about it, it strengthens my own belief system because I have more and more evidence to support what I believe. So if we're just believing something because somebody else has kind of told us to, and we haven't educated ourselves on the details of how it works out, we're doing ourselves a disservice. And we are much more likely to just kind of fall into the trap of being fearful and uneducated about something and be and listen to whatever is being told to us by the smoke screens 
on social media and the news. And so I try my best. That's why I don't like to talk about these things on this podcast is because I'm still educating myself on these topics. And I think that there is a lot to learn about all the different nuances of what this is. So I highly recommend reading it. If you're interested in this, read it. It's right there. You don't have to read the whole thing. You can read some of it, maybe a paragraph. See if it see if it tickles your fancy. They're fascinating. Maybe I find them fascinating. Maybe this is why I'm going to get illegal education. Maybe you're like, Lisa, enough. We don't need to read more legal cases, but like maybe we do, especially if it's something that you care about. Go ahead and read it. Let's get back to my education, the fun part. Like I said, what an interesting time to start my legal education. I'm so excited that I am honored. I'm honored to be able to and privileged to be able to, you know, get this type of education. But you don't have to go to school to do this. You can research it online. If you have a phone that you can post social media to, you have a phone that has all of the interesting things that you can read about this topic. So, Back to my education. I'm actually really excited. The vibes are so good. We are educated, elevated, empowered empaths. (laughs) So even if you're in a situation where you know the vibes are not good, the vibes are off, the vibes ain't it, sis, but you can't see any other way to go. And so that's why you're staying with this option because you don't see another option. Maybe you need to trust your gut, even if you can't see the other path at all, because following your highest intuition will always work out in your favor. So I'm taking ownership over this whole process of going back to school and it's going to feel so rewarding on the other side, because I did it all on my own. So how are we feeling? I know it's been an intense week, couple weeks, week, week. And no matter where you are at, wherever you fall, wherever you, whatever you believe, I just think that It can be an intense experience if you're not taking care of yourself and knowing when to limit your social media and news consumption and you're just kind of like crowding your energy and your space and your thoughts with all of this kind of fear and um, anger that's happening. We've talked about this before. Anger is the one emotion that invokes the most action. So when you can get somebody angry, they're more likely to take action from anger than any other emotion, which can be a great thing, but it can also be a detrimental thing. So just know when your consumption has gone into a place of not helping you anymore, not educating you anymore. 
you know where that point is when you start to feel burnt out or your eyes go fuzzy or you have a headache, whatever it is, you know your stopping point. So make sure you're taking care of yourself when that happens because we can do all the consuming that we want, but if we are burnt out, we cannot take action and therefore advocate for what we believe. Thank you all for listening, my sweet elevated empaths. If you like this podcast, if you enjoyed it, go ahead and rate it five stars. Don't forget to subscribe and follow. You can connect with me on TikTok or Instagram at The Elevated Empath. I would love to hear from you. And you can find all of my links in the description below. Don't forget to book your readings or your coaching calls. And I hope you feel so elevated and I will see you next time.